You're listening to Crypto at the Ferrum Roundtable, made for the people who want to make the most out of their crypto journey with the mission of breaking down barriers to mass adoption of blockchain technology. This podcast is brought to you by the folks at Ferrum Network. All information in this podcast is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information contained in or provided in this podcast is not intended to be and does not constitute financial advice, investment advice, trading advice, or any other advice. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Ferrum Academy. We are aiming to educate you on everything crypto. So if you've got any questions, you can always put them in a comment and we're going to make an episode out of that. My name is Tom and I'm from the marketing team here at Ferrum Network. Please welcome Ian, who's the COO of Ferrum Network. Hey, Ian. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. And here in the first episode, we are going to discuss um, what is crypto? What's the core purpose of crypto? Who invented it? And why is it so important? Why is it changing the financial system? Um, Ian, so first of all, um, this is uh, it's a very broad subject, right? Um, uh, you know, crypto has been around since 2009. Um, but a lot of people are trying to jump on the bandwagon. Um, they're investing in different tokens and different coins. Um, sometimes they're doing their own research. We do always. Um, uh, we always advise to do your own research whenever investing in any kind of crypto, any kind of investment, really. Um, but yeah, when did it all start? Like, what's the actual concept of cryptocurrency? Yeah, so I I view cryptocurrency as nothing more than digital cash, right? You know, folks probably are familiar with sending emails around. Uh, you know, how, how easy is it? That, how easy is that? How easy is it to send an email, an MP3, uh, uh, a document over the internet? Well, why not money, right? Why can't we send money over the internet as easily as anything else? And that's really what cryptocurrency solves, right? The ability to send va- digital value over, over the internet, peer-to-peer, without any sort of intermediary, which means, of course, no, no uh, uh, censorship and, and, and no risk of uh, some corporation taking, you know, taking, absconding with your money or what have you. It's purely peer-to-peer. It's digital money. Think of it like sending an email over the internet, but it's, it's actually value. So that's how I view crypto. We can get a little bit more technical, but like thinking about it from a high level, that's kind of how I like to look at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, no, because it, it makes sense, obviously. Um, but um, why is it so unique? Why is cryptocurrency so unique? Because at the end of the day, you know, when we want to send money um, online, you know, we can do bank transfers, we can use PayPal, let's say, you know. Um, but what's the actual difference here with cryptocurrencies um, and any standard kind of financial products like PayPal, like bank accounts, you know? Yeah, so I think the key word there, decentralization, right? All the other um, means of sending value across uh, the internet involves an intermediary that takes custody of your funds at some point in that process. So PayPal, for instance, that money, it's in your, it's like, it's your account, right? But it's really being held by PayPal. Uh, you know, it's assigned to you essentially, right? But if PayPal gets hacked or, or goes under, you know, you you can lose your money. No different from a bank. You know, your checking account. 
has money in it, but if there's a run on the bank or the bank goes under or something like that, you, you can theoretically, you know, lose your funds. Obviously in the States, you're FDIC insured with $250,000, but there's a lot of places in the world where there isn't the sort of uh, protections that we have in, in many developed countries. And so cryptocurrency, I think, is is really designed to solve those, those problems, right? It's create it's a decentralized version of a bank account, right? That's really what it is. Uh, you control your your funds. You can send them to somebody else without any kind of intermediary. You can send them around the world in seconds for very low fees, and that's an actually incredible uh, innovation that I think people when they you know they look at crypto, oh, it's speculative, oh, it's this and that. Well, if you've ever tried to send, you know, 10 million, 50 million, 100 million dollars from the United States to China um, and, you know, you had to go through eight banks and it took two weeks and they took 10 percent fees. You know, then you look at crypto and you say, wait, I can just send it like that. No intermediate or 100 million dollars to around the world in, in five minutes for a couple dollar transaction fee. That's a massive innovation. And so when people say, oh, crypto has, doesn't have any value. Talk to, talk to me after you try to do international transfer and tell me crypto doesn't have any value. So um, there's a lot there, there's a lot more to it. We're just scratching the surface, but to me that's like the most different. I guess the most differentiating factor between like your centralized um, money tra- transmission services and in cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, the idea of uh, the centralized finance um, is great. And we can see um, real life um, uh, problems that are being solved with cryptocurrencies um, right now as well. Um, but a lot of people are probably wondering, is this safe? Is it safe for my finance to, to do that? Is it safe to, to put them on those um, uh, DeFi platforms, DeFi wallets uh, or crypto wallets? Um, uh, is it actually safe? What can you tell us about that? Well, it is safe. Uh, if you follow the proper procedures for securing your own account. See, that's that's the downside that you could say of a non-custodial decentralized financial system. The end user is much more responsible uh, than in the case of holding your money in a bank account, right? In the bank's scenario, the bank is going to be the one that has the security in place and they have the system set up. And if anything goes wrong, you can, in most cases, look to the bank to try to make you whole. Cryptocurrency, it's like it's like money in your pocket. It's like money in your wallet. If you lose your wallet, uh, the money's gone. It's no different. It's digital cash. So you have to do certain things to protect yourself. They're very simple. Uh, they're basic common sense things. Writing down your seed phrase, right? Storing it somewhere safe where no one else can access it. Don't share it with anybody. Um, you know, all these common sense things that you know, I'm sure we'll make other videos in the academy about you know, securing your wallet and so on and so forth. They're easy, they're simple, never overlook them. But um, I, I to me, it's it's perfectly secure. You just have to do those those things and and you should be fine. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, what because we, we're talking about decentralized finance, right? And we're talking about the um, the solutions that it brings to to people around the world. Um, but 
apart from the you know transferring the money across uh, to, to another country like across the world really um do we what other what other utilities of crypto are there what what is it for sure so there's many different kinds of cryptocurrencies well there's really there there it gets a little bit, you get a little bit into the weeds, but there's different categories of these digital assets, right? Cryptocurrencies are, in my view, and I think the general definition are uh, essentially current, you know, they're currencies, or, or, or maybe you consider them commodities, where their primary use case is value transfer, decentralized value transfer across the internet. That was the first innovation, Bitcoin solves, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto, who are, uh, you know that the incredible uh, uh, blockchain revolution. That's that's what that was. So you know, let's send internet across. You know, let's send money across the internet with no intermediary. Great. There have been um, evolutions since then that built upon the core concept of blockchain, but applied it to other things. Uh, the, the the one that most would come to most people's mind, of course, is Ethereum, uh, with the the concept of smart contracts. So instead of just um, sort of uh, value uh, transfers um, across the internet. You're now you're now able to do what's essentially data, um, decentralized data transfers um, across the internet with, with smart contracts, right? Which is probably a, a, a topic for a whole nother uh, Ferrum Academy video. But you have cryptocurrencies, and then you have tokens. You have NFTs. You have uh, um, DeFi, right? So all these different uh, subcategories kind of born out of this digital asset revolution, all with their each, their unique use cases and so on. But um, to me, like the, 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 the huge innovation was blockchain technology, sending money across the internet as easy as an email. That's, that's what I think it's really like fundamentally all about. Yeah. Cause the, the, this definitely is the core purpose of, crypto of how it all started but actually going back to to how it started because you already mentioned uh, bitcoin and ethereum um uh, how did it start like it happened in 2009 um and do you know the story well like anything I, I, there were people working on this problem of digital cash for years and years um prior to 2009 prior to satoshi nakamoto there were there were people working on this problem. I think as early, you know, as as in the '90s, uh, you know, when the internet came out, it was you know it was pretty clear that we, okay, we can send emails, we can send files, MP3s. Well, why not money? Um, so people wanted to solve that problem. There was a couple challenges though. Um, the the main one being what's known as the double spend problem. So when you send an email um, to somebody, if if I send it to you, that email to you, and I turn around and send an identical email to somebody else. I, I mean, I can do that, and it, it's weird, and it might be a little bit annoying, but it's not like I really harmed anybody. If you, if I, but if you're talking about money, if I turn around, if I send you a hundred dollars, and then I try, and then I send that same hundred dollars because everything's digital, right? You can make copies. If I send that same hundred dollars to somebody else, well, I've screwed up the whole system, and I've you know, potentially defrauded people, right? So the double spend problem was. One of the things that I think these um, the early pioneers were trying to solve for for a long time. There's a guy named like David Chom, 
who, who built something called uh, eCash or digital cash or something like that. So there were people going back like well before Satoshi invented blockchain technology. And, but he built on the different ideas these the pioneers uh, uh, that were solving this problem had, had come up with. Um, and he was the one who, I shouldn't say he, because we don't actually know the identity of Satoshi Nakamoto. It could be a he, could be a she, could be a, could be a they. But uh, he built upon these ideas and used blockchain technology, decentralized ledger um, secured by people running nodes, essentially, to solve um, the double spend problem and other problems that have that have previously prevented um, digital cash from being a thing. Um, and he made digital cash. He made digital cash possible, right? Or he or she or they. <laughs> so that's a little bit of the history. Um, I suggest there's there's so much great uh, readings about this. Um, you can you know, Nathaniel Popper, uh, who writes the New York Times, had a great book about it. Um, there's many many other sources for the story and the history of cryptocurrency, which is absolutely fascinating. Um, and I highly suggest that if anybody uh, who's thinking about investing in the, you know, anything having to do with crypto, you got to understand these, these core concepts, in my opinion, because without understanding them, you won't know why they exist. You don't know what problems they're solving. And when the prices are going down, you will have zero conviction uh, to hold on to them you won't know what 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 they are so before anybody you know starts uh, investing in stuff do your research understand what problems these are trying to solve why it matters and maybe it doesn't resonate with you right and you know invest in something else but i think anyone who goes down the rabbit hole for the most part i think finds the story fascinating um, i know i do and i just sort of touched on the surface of it but um hopefully that gives folks some idea of Stoshi Nakamoto, what he, 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 she, or they were trying to solve and why it's important. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, um, we recommend to uh, subscribe into our YouTube channel um, because we are going to be releasing much more um, uh, videos like that um, from the Ferrum Academy playlist um, and tutorials. And we are going to be expanding on the topics and subjects around crypto from when it all started and what crypto is like in this episode up until what it is, um, uh, what crypto market is right now and how it evolved, how it changed and uh, what are the most common terms as well to fully understand for everyone. But I just wanted to ask you, Ian, uh, one final question for everyone that's watching us. Um, so we've discussed the core um, concept and uh, purpose of uh, crypto and how it really started and you know how it basically works. This is very basic. Um, we're going to be diving in uh, deeper into those things uh, later stage with our videos. Um, however, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, if you could introduce people to Ferrum, What's Ferrum doing in the crypto space? So Ferrum is trying to solve some of the fundamental problems that have been preventing cryptocurrencies and digital assets from actually being adopted by the masses. There's many, many challenges um, when it comes to this problem. And we're not sitting here pretending we're going to solve every one of them, but there's two, two core issues that we think have been um, preventing more people from coming into the space. And one of them being uh, the scalability problem. So in other words, the high speeds, or sorry, low speeds and high costs, relative high costs of running transactions on a decentralized network. And the other one being the fact that there are so many networks um, that all have, vi they're all viable in their own right, uh, but they're, they're all siloed off from each other. They're not connected together. Um, and so we are trying to, what Ferrum is, is building 
is a network which will connect all the various blockchains or say most of the various blockchains into one single high-speed, low-cost network, which will allow you to spend your Ethereum and it'll spend your um, your Ripple and your um, Solana token and your even your Bitcoin, very fast, very cheap. But beyond this, you will actually be able, if you're a builder within the space, be able to deploy smart contracts on the Ferrum network and have them work on any different chain that we're connected to, which is from a development standpoint, a huge, huge problem um, that's making it hard to build in the industry. So we're sort of solving it from the end user standpoint um, and, the, and the builder standpoint. But um, we also do a lot of other things, mind you. We've been, we've built DeFi products, we uh, incubate projects. You know, We've been in this space for a long time. We're just really trying to solve problems, um, help our users, help our, our partners, our clients, and uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll change the world. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for everyone, just to just to know as well, um, uh, Ferrum started in 2018 during the Burr market. Um, the A great video of Ian presenting at DC Central uh, Miami, um, uh, the full story, um, the background of, uh, of Ferrum Network, the video link is going to be in the description. Um, and it will open your eyes to, um, to what crypto was back in the day, what it is now as well, and what kind of crypto powerhouse um, Ferrum is actually becoming, because I think that's that's the key. Um, okay, well, Ian, thank you so much for explaining um, those concepts of uh, crypto and the purpose and the story of uh, Ferrum Network as well to us, to me, to all the viewers. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Hope to see you guys again soon. Take care. Ferrum Network is a pioneer in ushering in the era of interoperability 2.0. Ferrum Network's mainnet nodes and related infrastructure will bring value, data, and functional interoperability to every chain in the industry. Ferrum also specializes as a multi-chain blockchain as a service DeFi company, adding deflationary mechanisms, token utility, and advisory services to projects across the crypto space. 